1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on the eve of a huge night in Europe. Rangers are out to make Jimmy Bell proud in the Europa League semi-final against RB Leipzig, according to Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. Kimar Roof and Aaron Ramsey will be given until the last minute to prove they're fit enough to take part. And Partick Thistle's hopes of reaching the Premiership have been dented with a home defeat to Inverness in the playoffs last night. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me this evening, Simon Donnelly. Marvin Bartley's on time, which is a good start. Early. And uh, Marvin... What a night we have in store tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely massive night. Um, it should be a fantastic game. I'm really interested to see how Joe sets up in terms of the tactics. Um, but no, what a great, great night it should be. The place will be rocking. I um, remember the last European game when the camera was actually shaking up and down. I expect that from the first minute to the last. It's early May, Simon, and we've still got European football to talk about, which fantastic. probably tells its own story. But it's award season, the title race could be wrapped up this weekend keep saying that we've got playoffs <laughs> it's all happening isn't it it is yeah we keep saying that about the title race obviously it's it's prolonged for another another week uh, but yeah big game tomorrow night for Rangers fantastic the, the fact that we're talking about European football at this late stage interesting to see if Ruth will come back in uh, and lead the line for Rangers but yeah big night tomorrow 0141 1025. That is the number you need to get in touch tonight. So let's hear from you. Marvin Bartley and Simon Donnelly are here. Rangers fans, are you at that stage where you just wish tonight and tomorrow morning and afternoon would be done with so you can get on to the game? How are you feeling? Can you overturn it? It's bound to be an emotional evening. Uh, we'll hear from Giovanni Van Bronckhurst as the club reacts to the sad passing of Jimmy Bell, which was announced yesterday. There are fitness issues to be overcome. Kemal Roof, Aaron Ramsey, again, it's going to be a nervous wait to find out if they make it. What if they do? What if they don't? What's your plan? What does your team look like? How confident are you? 0141 951 1025. Any Partick Thistle fans out there, how are you feeling uh, after last night's playoff? I don't suppose you'll be feeling great, but can it be overturned? In the second leg, let us know. Uh, Craig Gordon has been announced as the Football Writers Player of the Year. I wonder what you make of that. The PFA award went to Callum McGregor on Sunday night. So who knows what they're talking about more, the former pro, uh, the, the professional footballers or the football writers. Who are you throwing your weight behind? Uh, what a popularity contest that'll be. Pick up the phone and let us know. 1025 Good win for Livingston at the weekend, Marvin. Everyone outside, mate, have said it was a meaningless game, not to you. You take these things very seriously. <laughs> Most definitely. Um, you know, as I said before, trying to be the best of the rest. But no, it's fantastic. You know, when we saw the fixtures come out and we had Aberdeen and then Hibs, there was always a worry if you lose those two games and, you know, obviously a team's beneath you picking up points. You get dragged into that kind of playoff uh, relegation spot. But boys have been fantastic. You know, bounced back really well after conceding that late goal against uh, Motherwell. But they were, they were brilliant. Uh, the first half wasn't great. I, I have to admit that against Hibs with the second half absolutely fantastic and you know obviously it's my team so it was hard to, to I beat I was going to say did it hurt you? A little did bit feel bad? Yeah and then the gaff reminded me of the win bonus and I was jumping up and down <laughs> doing cartwheels so <laughs> no listen it was, it was absolutely fantastic and now the aim is to win the next three you know can we get five wins out, out of five after the, uh, the split? Yeah come on 01419511025 Rangers fans get all your thoughts in ahead of tomorrow just generally how you're feeling if you're nervous if you're feeling confident how are the belief levels? Can you overturn the deficit? If you want to get specific, what about the team then? Kemal Roof, Aaron Ramsey, 
all a bit up in the air with regards to those two at the moment. Giovanni Van Bronker spoke today about Jimmy Bell as well. Really shocking, uh, sudden news yesterday that he sadly passed away at the age of 69. Was on the touchline at the weekend and of course everyone assumed that would follow um, tomorrow night as well but sad news indeed so pick up the phone and let us know what you are thinking 01419511025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB we heard from Derek Ray on last night's show he was giving us the inside track on RB Leipzig they played a full strength team on Monday night they lost they were up against 10 men they still couldn't win the match they're not in brilliant form but they have gone on the road in Europe and come up with some big results so I wonder if you are Feeling confident because they are supposedly not in form or you're fearing the old winded animal? Let us know. 01419511025. Let's get you in the mood then with hearing from uh, the Rangers manager. Um, but I have a sombre note to begin with actually. He says the club are still in shock after Jimmy Bell, the club kit man, passed away aged 69 yesterday. The Dutchman expects an emotional night at Ibrox tomorrow and he knows victory would be a fitting tribute. You know, we were all very shocked about the, the news that uh, Jimmy passed away. It was a hard day for all of us. Uh, I think everyone um, was really down, which you can imagine. So yesterday we uh, we didn't do a lot. I mean, we were all um, at the training ground, but um, of course the, the atmosphere was very, very down and uh, still in shock. We talked about him. We we shared stories about what we, uh, the stories we had with, with Jimmy, the, our personal stories. It was a really big game already, but uh, we're all very determined to, uh, to go out tomorrow and give everything we can to make everyone proud. And especially tomorrow, make Jimmy proud. We, 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 we still mourn, uh, we're still down, but uh, I think the character of my players are, are the best I've, I've seen in, in any teams I, I coached. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that tomorrow the, the character, the belief, the determination will be there and uh, we'll do everything to, to reach the finals. Sure it will be an emotional night, Simon. I mean, you've been in and around Scottish football for a long, long yeah. time. Sorry yeah. to make you feel old and Jimmy <laughs> Bell would have, would have spanned that. You know, you, you, you'll have seen him in the touchline goodness knows how many times. So it'll yeah. be strange for everyone at Rangers tomorrow. Yeah, sad, sad news to, to hear of his passing you know I mean life is precious Gordon and he was very much I would say the heartbeat in there at, at Rangers these guys at the club very close to the players uh, day in day out and yeah I didn't know him personally but I, I came across him throughout the years and yes yeah, it's, it's a real sore one for Rangers and obviously Jimmy's family uh, you'll have seen that already Marvin I'm sure a recognisable face you're a player at Hibs and, and on the coaching staff at Livy do you think that does do something emotionally to the, the fixture tomorrow you've heard Giovanni Van Bronckhurst there talking about the shock and, and maybe you know, sort of trying to use that as a, a fitting tribute it certainly does um, you know I know from from being a player that the kit person is normally one of the first ones you see in the morning um, you know, Jimmy would have sat with boys in, in tears of joy and tears of probably heartbreak, you know, when they knew they weren't playing or they were possibly leaving the club. You know, he was so special to so many people. You only had to take, like you said, to social media yesterday to see mm-hmm. players from so many years ago, you know, speaking about him, some true great speaking about him and he'll be, he'll be sorely missed, no doubt about it and condolences to his family. But there is going to be an emotion attached to it tomorrow. Um, I don't think Jay will need to do a team talk. Um, I don't think he'll need to tell the boys who they need to do it for. Within their hearts, they'll know exactly what they're going out there and who they're going to dedicate a win for, uh, to if they can get it. So definitely there'll be that emotion to it. And, 
know, as I said, it was a sad, sad day for, for Scottish football yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. I think confirmed today as well, earlier today, a minute silence ahead of that clash against RB Leipzig tomorrow. Let's bring in Serge, who's a Rangers fan. Uh, what's on your mind tonight, Serge? Uh, first of all, I'd like to extend my condolences to Jimmy Bell and his family. It's a huge loss. Uh, it's a club legend, and uh, I'd like to actually see Jimmy Bell inducted into the Hall of Fame at Rangers, but that's a, another matter. I'm here to talk about the game tomorrow, mm-hmm. and I, I'm supremely confident, no supremely confident, but if we turn up and we play well, there's no reason why we can't overturn Leipzig. We've overturned uh, Dortmund, we've overturned the likes of Red Star and that. And I, Leipzig are up there, they're as good a team as any. We're faced with no better, maybe Bar Dortmund. But uh, we've got plenty of motivation. And, and here, let's not dream about just getting to the final now. It's not a fluke we're in the semi finals. I mean, people go out if it's some sort of fluke. Rangers have made the semi finals, but they don't wear it. We can go in and win this thing. West Ham, Eintracht, or whoever we get in the fi- final, we can win this. And we'll win it for Jimmy Bell, hopefully. There we are. If you need extra motivation, Marvin, I d- I, you probably don't at this stage of the competition. But th- that will be it. Every fan going along tomorrow will be thinking about the sad news. Every player impossible to escape. As you say, you're talking about someone that will have been a key part of every single pre-match routine that they've ever had at the club, and that's not going to be there. So you're not going to be able to escape that. No, it definitely won't be. Um, and, you know, the players won't want to escape that. As I said, you know, they'll use that to motivate them. Um, you know, they'll go out there and they'll run extra hard, you know, for, for a man they all care deeply about. And the fans have their place rocking. You know, there's no doubt about it for, for Jimmy, for the, for the club. Um, as Serge said, you know, it's a possibility of going to a final and then going on to win the competition. One thing I think Rangers have to be wary of tomorrow, though, is they don't go out there gung-ho from, from minute one. I think you saw in the first leg that RB have, uh, Leipzig have you know, more than enough quality in, in the final third. They probably should have scored two or three more goals than they did on the night. So Rangers need to be wary of that. I'm interested, as I said, to see how Gio approaches it. I, I, I probably think he'll sit off it for a bit and then last 30 minutes go after them. because definitely <coughs> You, you think crowd. he will? You think almost like what he did last week? Yeah, I, I, think it's, I just think it's so much of a risk. And it, it is more difficult at home because the fans expect to, you to attack. But it's all about going through. You know, after 90 minutes, after 120 minutes, after a penalty shootout, as long as you go through, it doesn't matter how you do it. I just think if they go and attack from minute one and you open up yourself to maybe the counter-attack and you give up more chances, mm. you, you're going to concede goals tomorrow. It must be tough for you guys, you professionals coming up with that balance though because me who doesn't need to think about the <laughs> risk as such, imagine... Imagine you score in the third minute yeah. and the roof comes off Ibrox and all they of a sudden. That against Braga, didn't they? Yeah. And they almost got the second goal for the the, the silly rule for the handball. Uh, I think Rangers have started games really well. Recently, obviously, I've watched the three against Celtic and I think they've started all those games uh, really well. And I think, I know what Marv's saying, because I think Leipzig like to play on the counter-attack. I'm led to believe. Uh, so there will be a threat. But... As Serge says there, Rangers, you know, expectation, there's four teams left. I think every team in this competition can win this tournament. It's quite open. So, you're at home, they've put themselves in a really good position again, similar to uh, previous rounds. But yeah, just out of balance. But I think Gio's mm. been over that course. He's an experienced campaigner. He'll be probably relaying that to his, his players tomorrow. You know, just to be cautious, but they still have to go out there and, and, and get a result Your confidence Serge looking back to last week what did you make of them then were they not as good as you thought they would be or are you just confident that Rangers will find a way tomorrow that they couldn't find last week 
Uh, I wouldn't say that they weren't as good as what I thought they would be. I think they were really feeling us out last week. And I think, all right, we had to park the bus a wee bit to keep it competitive. That's, I mean, that's allowed when you're playing a team with ten times the spending budget, are you? I don't know what uh, people were expecting, but I, I think they're there to be got at. I think, uh, with the, I think with the crowd behind it, you know what I mean? There's, it's game on, but, but we will need to turn up. I mean, Rangers will need to play at their very best tomorrow to even compete with a team like Leipzig if Leipzig turn up. No, I mean, but why should we not be confident? We've got this far. We've had great results in Europe, even since Gerard and that came. We've been building up towards us. I mean, we're a decent team. We're a very, very decent team, Rangers. We maybe not shown it as much in the league this season as which we did last season, but we're actually creeping into a wee bit of good form, I know. If you look at uh, our performances, we look at the two performances against Celtic and going down to 10 men at Motherwell, we're actually beginning to find a wee bit of form, and that's nowhere some of our star players. I mean, it'd be great if we have Ramsey and Roof back tomorrow, but uh, we'll cope with it, Morelos. Serge, I'm sorry to go off on a tangent. You have made Marvin Bartley's <laughs> night. You should have seen the smile appear on his face, Serge, when you said it's okay to park the bus if you're playing a team with ten times the spending power. You've been waiting for that, haven't yeah, you? I need that all, all the criticism that Livingston and Motherwell and St Mirren face, yep. if they park the bus against Celtic and Rangers, you've just had it's your okay, moment. It's okay, because Serge says so. So I need that clip, please, Callum. Um, I'll be using that on Twitter next time we park the bus and people moan. <laughs> that is the reality, isn't it? Yeah, no, if, exactly. no one will complain if Rangers can do it tomorrow get to a, a final then um, job done 100% and that's what the players would be saying as well and, and as Simon said the balance is so important it's a lot easier away from home I'd admit to that you know parking a bus because your fans aren't saying come on let's get forward but I just think tomorrow as Simon also said Gio is an experienced manager he'll have a game plan but I just don't think they need to go gung ho from the start and remember they've had three players that missed the last round as well that will yeah. be back um, so you have to be wary of that but Rangers can definitely do it it sounds like you know Serge was keen to get that across that you know it's no fluke and spoke about Stephen Gerrard and I don't think you get any arguments from in here Simon because there's this season you know, getting to the semi-final is a great achievement but actually this is a Rangers team that's been by and large pretty comfortable in Europe for a number of years now yeah and I think that you know to go and win the league last year I think it all started with their, their European performances because they were, they were their better performances they were gaining experience in those runs under Stevie G uh, and Jules kind of took that mantle and just carried on you know so it's not a fluke. It's not a fluke to get to the semi-final of a, a European competition. They've beat really good teams to get here. As I say, I think all four will be looking at it thinking they can win it. Uh, and Rangers obviously been one of them, but they've, they've put themselves in a strong position. They've, they've come back from Leipzig with a one-goal deficit. They're back at home. They've did this against Braga in the last round. You know, so why can they not do it again? Yeah, this is... All of a sudden, quite an experienced European side, actually, Marvin, that, that Rangers have. Of course, they're up against one as well with some wonderful players. Ten times the spending power, <laughs> Sergio's reminding us. Um, but yes, this is, you know, in the last few years that you look at Kent and Aribo and Tavernier and Goldson, who play loads of games as well. So they've, they've picked up some experience along the way. Yeah, and they'll all be better for those experiences as well. You know, they're not new to it. Um, yes, they're new to it being a semi final, but, you know, they've been here before. They've, they've played at Ibrox when, you know, the pressure's kind of been on them. They need to turn over um, a, a deficit, which they have from the first leg. And these players will be looking forward to it. You know, we speak about, you know, Ryan Kent and Aribo and how good they can possibly be. Now, if they go and perform in, you know, these big games and they can go to a final, 
final and possibly win a final, you know, opens them up to such a different market in terms of, you know, when they eventually do move on from Rangers Football Club. And it's good for the club as well because their value's going up and up. Yeah, they Ryan get, they Kent. They get down as club legends as yeah. well if they get to the, the final mm. and uh, uh, go on to win it. You know yeah. what I mean? You don't, it's not every day this comes happen around, you know? Yeah, absolutely massive. And listen, I, I think it's fantastic for, for the whole Scottish football. I'm sure even Simon will be supporting uh, Rangers tomorrow yes. along <laughs> along with me. Um, but no, listen, it's a massive, massive game. And you know, they're big game players, so tomorrow I'm sure they go out and perform. I'll tell you what, Serge just sparked something as well. Producer Callum's going to have to copy that clip because Alan Burrows at Motherwell wants it as well <laughs> to save up for next time. Uh, Callum, you can pass it on to your Dundee United friends as well. <laughs> Everyone's united after Serge's call. Thank you very much uh, to Serge, how about this tomorrow? It's a big night on this front as well. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Golden Goals £30,500. That is the Golden Goals total. It is sitting pretty at the moment. And bear in mind, Rangers play tomorrow, then again in the league. Celtic join them at the weekend. We need to finish the Premiership. Rangers are in the Scottish Cup final. So considering we throw at least £250 into the pot for every goal either team score, that thirty grand is going to look even better at the end of the season. Now, we don't have loads of time left in the competition. It is the business end of the season after all. So to make sure you are in with the chance of winning every penny, text GOAL to 61025. That's G-O-A-L to 61025. It is £2 plus your standard message rate over 18s only. And the full terms and online entry are at Clyde1.com. Lines close on Scottish Cup final day this season. It's Saturday the 21st of May at 6pm. So for your chance to be the winner at the end of the season, text GOAL to 61025. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley and Simon Donnelly are here. It's 0141-951-1025. You can tweet us as well at Clyde SSB. And speaking of Twitter, uh, I just took a wee look there, noticed my notifications had exploded, and I thought, what's the reason thing here? I'm not that interesting on there. Uh, and it's because Anyone listen to the show on Thursday? You may remember there was a an incident, shall we say, when Stephen Knights would come on and he dropped a wee sweary word on the show and we I think we cut him off on time, but unfortunately myself, Mark Wilson, Gordon DL, lost the plot, couldn't stop laughing, couldn't regain the composure, very unprofessional, my apologies for that. Um, but you can now see what all the fuss was about. The video, in all its glory, is on the Twitter feed, at Clyde SSB. So my apologies again, and hopefully you can bring some enjoyment from it and producer Callum's a, a man of many platforms TikTok Instagram YouTube Facebook Bebo whatever else MySpace <laughs> it's all there you can go and check them out Stephen's a Rangers fan in Coatbridge what are you thinking for tomorrow Stephen? Hi there guys how's it yeah good thanks uh, just first of all I'd like to send sincere condolences to Jimmy Bell's family uh, legend at uh, Rangers who would just get that in before I go yeah, on with my well um, it's just about tomorrow night's lineup. What I would do, I'd be playing a rebo out wide and putting Sakara through the middle with Kent on the other side, and I'd also put Barrigan at the back with Bassey at left back. I think that would be the way I would set the team up. I would definitely be playing Sakara through the middle and a rebo out wide because I don't think a rebo in the middle of the park really suits him. He's better out wide than he's better coming in. Uh, from the right hand side I just want to know what, you're, uh, if you, what you think of that guys you know, Interesting weekend for Fashion Sakala Marvin I'm not sure he was getting rave reviews at half time at the weekend <laughs> but you can't really argue with the second half contribution scores one could have wrapped it up probably didn't do a great deal wrong <laughs> with, that, with that chance um, What do you make of Stephen's idea? 
Yeah, no, I, I was saying that for the first text even, and I got it massively wrong when he went with it's a, not like a, you. Yeah, went with a false nine. But yeah, I think Sakala again has, has played his way back into the team after you know his performance on Sunday. That's you know if Roof isn't fit, I think he's being given till kind of the, the last hour um, to, to declare his fitness. And I agree with Aribo as well uh, going wide. I think the only problem with that is if Aribo does go wide, then Tavernier has to be on his bike and he has to be overlapping and not worried about what's behind him and you know possibly that be one of the centre midfielders to come across and block up that hole but you know I definitely agree with that I think Aribo's better further up the pitch I think you know his, his form's been a bit a bit iffy if we can say that you know, over the last probably like five to ten games so get him back wide get him running at people 1v1 get his confidence back and get to have a nigger around the outside of him I'm trying to think back Simon we speculated so much about the team last uh, in the shape last week did anyone get it right I'm not sure did, uh, he did, went did, back did, three did, and then, didn't he, on did Thursday? Right, did right started? Yeah, right it? started, yeah. Right, yeah. He said right, yeah. yeah. Oh, there we go then. I give credit where it's due. I think I think Rangers are in a bit... Well, I think Sakala's in a better place mentally now. He must be after, especially his second-half performance at the weekend. You know, he's, he's not the tidiest of players, but he's got bags of pace, and defenders hate that and are scared of that. And if he can use that in the right way, I don't think he did that in the in the first leg. But he must take confidence for the weekend. You know, he, he could have walked away with two or three goals at the weekend. His strike was fantastic for the goal. He had another chance off the inside of the post. So I think in terms of, this is obviously if Ruth isn't fit, I think they're in a better position. Strangely enough, just with, with his performance at the weekend, yeah. his confidence must be high. Yeah, whilst we've, whilst we've got you on the line, Stephen, let's hear a bit from the manager on that. Because Kamal Ruth and Aaron Ramsey, the... In a nutshell, answer is we don't know if they'll be fit, but there's a chance they're going to be given until the last minute. They've not been ruled out, and um, here's what the manager had to say in way of an update today. I don't know yet. Uh, we still have one day to prepare. Of course, him and Aaron were uh, pushing to be ready for the game tomorrow. So uh, again, today will be uh, an, an important day for both. At the moment, I cannot tell you if they're in the squad tomorrow or not. But depending how the, the training will go, you know, when they um, got injured, we all knew that um, they will work towards the game tomorrow. And uh, of course, you know, I'll... I'll wait as long as possible, but uh, for me, the most important thing is that they are uh, physically able to uh, to play uh, a part in tomorrow's game. That's always the deciding factor for me. Uh, so, Stephen, it will be interesting to see if they do make it. Obviously, I assume your team suggestion is in the event of Kemal Roof not making it, be some boost if he does manage to be fit, though. Yeah, I think Kamal Roof would be a massive boost for us. I think it's a big ask over the two of them. I really do to get the two of them in the squad, Ramsey and Roof. If Roof's there, he's a shoe-in to be the striker. And it'll be unlucky for Sakara, but he will be a shoe-in. But as I said, I think going, mate, you've got to play Sakara through the middle. And as I said, at the back line as well, I would have Bassey at left back over Barisic with Balligan and with Goldson. Yeah, what do you make of that? Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that as well. I think Bassi again, you know, is forward running. I think he's fantastic uh, in a full-back position or if he goes wing-back from time to time as well for Rangers. I think playing him at left-back again, it gives you another avenue to, to go and attack. I think having him go around the outside of Kent when he can actually get around him, where Barisic is probably normally backing him up in a supportive role and then delivering from deep, I think it's easier to defend against. I think when you've got someone going around Ryan Kent, that's when he's at his best. You know, I think he <coughs> exploits the uh, space in, inside when that does happen. And I think, yeah, Bastille probably will start left back. It feels like he is 
one of the real favourites amongst Rangers fans at the moment. Is that is that fair and, and justified as yeah, well? Rightly so. Um, rightly so. I think I remember the game was at away to Ross County where yeah. he made a mistake and see the young man bounce back in the fashion he has um, has been absolutely fantastic for Rangers to be at the age he is and to be a shoe horn now into the into the team or shoeing into the team, whether he's at centre half or or at left back. I think that speaks absolute volumes and. Again, I think he can be used at left back tomorrow because, as I said, you know, him getting forward is something they need tomorrow. Physically, Simon has been so impressive. Everyone remembers the very, very <clears throat> late run to run to set up the winner in the semi final, coming after you know a couple of extra time. And um, yeah, again, I guess over the weekend and, and from last week, just physically such an addition to he's, Rangers. He's an athlete. He really is. The young lad is strong, strong runner. But he's, he has uh, grown in confidence this season And he's became one of Rangers' main players I remember Barisic doing well in the, the Braga game the, the, You know, the return leg Good deliveries But I just feel possible, it, it creeps up another mistake at the weekend And it's similar to the one with Abada in February You know, that blind side He allows somebody to come in So that might affect the decision making uh, but certainly with Bassi on the left-hand side and Balligan, that, that's bringing pace and power into your team as well. Oh, there's a lot of obsession, Stephen, about Kemal Roof because Rangers need a striker. Um, but Aaron Ramsey seems like he's in the same boat. If he passes a fitness test, is he the type of guy that gets pitched straight in or or not? For the midfield, I think... I, I, would, I would maybe have him on the bench. I think he's... I think we could set up making a... You go with Jack, Winston, Kamara for the mid, the middle three. I think that that would be my best bet. I think for the three in the middle and, and have Ramsey on the bench. I think Ramsey's a wee bit a worse off injury, but I, I, I would go with those three in the middle. Marvin's nodding. He doesn't agree with much, Stephen, <laughs> but I think you've got him. This is a game show. The team that I've written down is the exact same one as Stephen. We'd have got the absolute jackpot. <laughs> and you'll both be wrong tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But at least we'll be wrong together. No, again, agree with that. But I want to see Kamara playing that holding role again. You know, I think sometimes in Europe he's been using that kind of number 10 position, but I think he's he's better better deeper. Um, he'll take the ball, you know, with players marking him. And I think that's what they need tomorrow. They need to get that first pass in. I think the bravery Kamara has, it, he'll do that. And you have Jack and Lundstrom either side of him. I think that would be the midfield three uh, again for me if I was picking a team tomorrow. I suppose, look, if, if they're fit, they're fit. That's the way it's going to have to be, Simon. But this is a Europa League semi-final. It's nearly the end of the season. So... It's not like you're going to apply extra caution and say, oh, well, we, we won't rush them back this week. You know, what? maybe say, none of that comes into it. If they've, especially Kamal Roof, would you imagine, because of the other options, if he's yeah, got... so what, what is Kamal Roof's injury, do we know? It was... It was a 10-day thing, but... Yeah, um, I can't remember. I will find out. Because if it's a te- the, the 10 days have, have been and gone, and as you say, it's a semi-final, if I was... I'd be wanting to... You would be wanting... You'd be desperate to play. Desperate to play. Obviously, Gio's watching them in training, but Roof and certainly Ramsey, if he's fit, do you risk them for the start? You know, and you can change it. It's, it's a decision for, for Gio. I think but, it was a knee injury, whatever that means, though, because that can mean quite a few but things. They, they did say 10 days, didn't they? Well, it was always going to be best case scenario, both back for this game. Yeah. You know, it was quite clear early on that they would miss the first Listen, leg, they would we, miss the second. We can speculate, game. but he, he'll be watching them in training. As he said there in his interview, he'll, he will know best, but if. If they were showing any sort of fitness, you go with your best team, your best players, don't you? Do you yeah. take that risk, though? Would you take that? I think, well, if Ruth is showing any sort of evidence that he's fit, I, I, would, I would probably start him, eh? Yeah. In, so the, knowledge, become... in the knowledge that, 
okay, if you, you've got Sakala there, but I think you go with your best player, particularly the centre forward. So I'm not going to say desperate times, that makes it seem unfair on the other players, but they essentially don't have a striker at the moment. So does that does that sort of strengthen the suggestion that, I don't know, if Kamara was 80% fit, you play him, is that the way it would work? Or I just think it's so tough. With, with a game where you need every single player tomorrow, they can't have any player before, performing lower than a kind of a 7 out of 10. I think taking a risk with somebody's fitness from the start... I think he'll know, though. Yeah. Joe's watching the you, you, you can tell. Yeah. You can tell. I just think it's easier to come onto a game when it's slowed down rather mm. than starting the game. Everyone's at, you know, 100% and they're at full pace. I think if you can get 20 out of him and it's the last 20 minutes and it possibly goes into extra time, I think it'd be better suited for him. Again, it's going to be a confidence thing, isn't it? Whatever he's done to his knee, it's a confidence thing with that, you know, twisting and turning. And you can train as much as you want. But when you're in a match and you have to be reactive to mm. certain situations, you know, it puts a lot of pressure through it. Thank you, Stephen. Let's bring in Andy, who's also a Rangers fan. What have you made of the build up to this one, Andy? I was. Oh, hold on, Andy. That's a terrible line. Even with these nice big headphones on, I can't make it out. So, producer Callum will go and get that uh, cleaned up. And I always say that. I don't know what he does. I think he just turns <laughs> them off and back. back on again, yeah. pretty much. But it tends to usually works. It <laughs> <laughs> tells him to move to another point in the house. But hopefully, we'll get Andy back. In just a second, if you want to join Andy on the phones, by the way, 01419511025, I think he is back. Take it away, Andy. Aye, aye, aye. Aye, the build-up, can you hear me now? So I'll call you yeah. loud, yeah. Aye, um, aye, the build-up's obviously been saddened with the passing of Jimmy Bell, uh, club legend, um, condolences to his family and things. Um, there's been a lot made uh, um, legs coming into this with two defeats and no playing good and the manager under pressure and things because uh, the Champions League place in Germany is under threat and things like that. I would rather them come into the, the game with Rangers tomorrow night and, and full steam ahead, if you know what I mean. In other words, mm-hmm. playing good and things like that because I don't want Rangers, I don't think they will, I don't want Rangers or anybody else um, about the club or anything like that treating them lightly because this is a good German team. We beat, we beat Dortmund, but I was listening to, I don't listen to one of your rivals, but I was listening to one of your rivals. I think I listened last night here as well. I think it was Derek Graham was on, I think it was. And he was yep. saying, although... Like think below Dortmund, he, he classes them as a better team um, than Dortmund. It's just now because Dortmund can either be great or they can be rubbish, such um, inconsistent. But um, I, I would rather them coming in strong rather than um, like a wounded animal, as you said at the beginning yeah. of the show. Yeah, it's interesting, Marvin. For a start, the fact that they played last night at all is a factor. You know, whether they won five 0 or lost like they did Monday, Thursday is quite a schedule. Um, so they played but they did they lost they were up against 10 men for about half an hour and still lost Christopher Nkunku did find the shooting boots again though he scored the one but Minchin Gladbach got three of them um, one when they were down to 10 men so it'll be interesting to see what that does do to, to Leipzig yeah that's a, a tough tough turnaround like you said and they have to travel on top of that so and know, it was away last night as well yeah so things aren't being made easy for them at all but you know obviously we're, we're happy about that so yeah it's going to be tough but those players again you know we speak about Rangers and the Rangers players and you know possibility of getting to a final and then you know it's anybody's game these players will be thinking the same and let's not forget about that if they can win this competition I'm pretty sure they qualify for the Champions League anyway that's where you're put into so this might be their last chance of doing that you know it looks like the league's got away from the top four finish so this is their final <coughs> chance to maybe get to the Champions League so league form isn't important for them tomorrow go out and win the game and then get to the final it sounds, like that, it sounds like that's what Andy's fearful of Simon because now I mean, I'm not sure you need extra incentives when you get to the semi-final of the Europa League but 
they now might need to win it to get into the Champions League when a few weeks ago it looks like they would have qualified through the Bundesliga that now looks unlikely so you wonder what headspace they're in tomorrow they're, they're, they're looking to win the tournament like the other four it's, it's, the Champions League is a huge bonus for the winner but they're, they're looking to win the tournament uh, and as I said earlier I don't think they, they didn't put Rangers under real pressure last week they had a, one or two chances the, the lad going round McGregor should have done better but I didn't really think uh, I didn't think Rangers were really put under an enormous amount of pressure in the game I think the shape frustrated them and as I said earlier on they're a counter-attacking team so I think that might be the threat tomorrow when Rangers have to go at some point to get the goal uh, will they pick them off mm. that, I think that's the danger for me Andy's right to reference Derek Ray who we had on last night that, that's why we do it to get the sort of expert inside knowledge Marvin I'm not sure he quite said Leipzig were better than Dortmund what he did say though is that they they don't have that many off days you know Dortmund as Andy said can be wonderful and then might blow up he said Leipzig tend to be a sort of safer bet and the fact that they have had their off night at the weekend might not bode well for Rangers yeah no I, I totally totally agree it might not bode well for them but I think they have more off days than Dortmund because Dortmund is second in the league and you know I think the difference when you know the Rangers uh, the team that they faced in terms of when they play against Dortmund there's no Haaland in there you know, for me, he's probably the best number nine in the world at this moment in times so that made a huge difference. But listen, those Rangers players, they will not be looking into this game and, you know, taking it lightly at all. They won't care about the Leipzig performances from before. All they're worried about is that they beat us last time. We need to win tomorrow's game. These players are top professionals at a big club for a reason. That's because they don't take other teams lightly. Now, <coughs> after the game, if they win 2 or 3-0, then they can look back and say, oh, that was an easy game. Not a chance. Now, or up to kickoff or during the game, will they be thinking, all we have to do here is turn up because they know how wrong that could go. This is a great time to get your call in. Thank you to Andy because we are about to get some travel news and that means you could be up next. So let's hear from you. 0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley is here. Simon Donnelly is alongside him and they're both waiting on you. 0141-951-1025. Or if you would rather tweet, it is at Clyde SSB. So let's hear from you whether it is building up to tomorrow night's European semi-final for Rangers, uh, whether it's something else entirely, a bit of a quiet midweek for you Celtic fans, but big award success uh, at the weekend. I noticed Craig Gordon, incidentally today, uh, has been named the Football Writers Player of the Year in Scotland. What do you make of that? Partick Thistle fans, where are you? We usually hear from you when you're angry and annoyed. And I think you might be after last night. Still a chance, though, to progress in the playoffs. Pick up the phone and let us know how you are feeling. 01419511025. Brian is a Celtic fan on the line. What's your point for the guys tonight, Brian? Well, I just wanted to talk about, you know, the, the, certainly the awards. I, I mean, I was looking at the um, Angie Posta Huhu, won the manager of the year, and uh, we Callum won player of the year, um, Leila Bada. A young player of the year and I mean it, 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 it's easy to go back and with 2020 hindsight look back the guys that were saying oh they'll be out they'll be before Christmas Angie who um, you know like uh, with uh, a few pundits that should know better uh, coming out with some absolute major gaffes but this guy if you look at what he's done and the change we've got a 31 point spread so far this season that's not to say it wouldn't be more, but I'm not saying. But last year we lost the league by 25 points, 
as uh, Hugh would say himself, total disarray. And it would be miraculous. <laughs> miraculous if Celtic win the league. Now, I had a big argument with you about that because I think Celtic should be looking to win the league every year. But total disarray is what we were in. And you look at what this man has brought along. Signings, the signings that he's put in, players of the year, the best signing of the year was whoever went out and got that man to come all the way across from Australia or Japan, wherever it was, to come to Scottish football was just the signing of a long time because if you look at what he's done so far, he's not even got started. Somewhere in a leafy Glasgow suburb settling <laughs> over a can of cold beans, Hugh Keevans is furious at that impression that Brian's just delivered. I quite liked it. Um, yeah, I, I think as part of you know, Ange Postacoglu's acceptance speech, if you like, the other night, Simon, at the, at the PFA Awards, he made that point. He knew he had to win some people people over. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's acutely aware of the way it was, but it doesn't strike you as the type that ever let it bother him. And I guess now a lot of people will be eating their words. Yeah, it, but that's always what happens. You know, people come in and whether it's a wee bit of ignorance or disrespect for, for not... I, I didn't know who Ange was myself. Uh when he came, came to the club but the turnaround as Brian says the job that the guy has did uh, I've liked the way he's handled the, the media he speaks well from day one and after you know not a, well, a ropey start with the three defeats in quite quick succession you know once he got his feet in there and he got his players up to speed and he was bringing guys in the recruitment has been I said the other night the polar opposite to last year the recruitment has been fantastic. Uh, not too many failures. A lot of them have come in and made big impacts immediately at different periods in the season. And it's exciting times. I said that at the start of the season when they were leaking a few goals in Europe. I thought this is going to be an exciting season for Celtic. This guy wants to attack. I don't buy all the, the stuff about philosophies at times, but <laughs> ironically, I like this guy's philosophy. I like the way he goes about it. He attacks. He wants to take it to teams. Yes, he got a couple of defeats in Europe early on, but he's, it doesn't change. He, he keeps that uh, focus. He, he wants to play a certain way. Hearts in the mouth stuff against Rangers at the weekend, playing at the backs for, for me and fans watching it, but they persevere with that. It succeeds more than it fails, and the turnaround has been... Nothing short of mm. sensational. Uh, and it is exciting times because he's going to hopefully have a pot of gold there on the back of the Champions League. It's interesting to see where, where is he going to go now, where is he going to... Because he'll have to go and get better than what's there to lift it. That's that's the process. It lifts everybody about. So where is he going to go and delve in to get some more quality to enhance our Celtic team? One of my favourite moments involving you this season, Marvin Bartley, we've thoroughly enjoyed having you on the show. And I think you said at one point that you met Ange when, when you played against him. And you felt he had like an aura about him, which was just great because on Twitter then I saw people saying, "Ah, Marvin Bartley's, uh, a, 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 he's a he's a Celtic fan in disguise." Yeah. And I thought this just reminds me that <laughs> no one is exempt on this show because I'm pretty sure you were just being honest. Um, yeah. I'm not sure you are uh, either in disguise. You're a big Hibs man, as you always say. Um, Correct. But yeah, you've, you've been impressed with him. Massively impressed, and you know, as Brian said there, the turnaround that he's made at that football club has been unbelievable. You know, I was very vocal uh, about Celtic last season and saying that they had lost their fear factor. For the first time for me being in Scotland, they had lost it. You, you know, you went to play against them and you were confident that you could get something out of the game. 
And I must admit, that's probably the first season that that had happened. So for him to turn those players around, the ones that he's decided to keep, as Simon said, his recruitment has been first class. Um, it seemed that he had profile of players that he wanted. He wasn't just going after certain names as, you know, could have happened the season before. I think Barkas one you know, kind of springs to mind, the money that they spent on him. Um, I think it's fantastic. You know, they, they dropped points in 16 games last season out of 38. That's unheard of for Celtic Football Club. Absolutely unheard of. So he had to pick those players up. He had to get the confidence back. For them now to be going on to win the league, you know, a huge pat on the back. And I know people say it's easy winning games. It's most definitely not. As he said, he had to prove a lot of things to people. Within himself, he would have been confident. You know, he's a good manager and he knows he's a good manager. But people outside of that were speaking and being, as Simon said, disrespectful towards him. And now he's making those people eat their words. Yeah, I mean, Brian, I think you mentioned the captain in there as well, Callum McGregor, who was named PFA Scotland's Player of the Year as voted for by the players at the weekend. I take it you've no complaints with that? Oh, no. No, no. I mean, anybody who played football or watched football for, for the number of years... Uh, that I have, you can see that that boy has just risen to the challenge of uh, losing a player like Bruni. I mean, I, I know that he was doing his apprenticeship while he was there with Bruni, but his apprenticeship was served and he's put down a marker to say, here's here's the benchmark for me, for his own personal, but it's all about the team and this, this is all galvanised from the manager. I always think um, having a great leader is, is about... Um, you know, working towards uh, a collective uh, thought. But Callum has set a, a benchmark for me. From the day that he moved in, he has been Celtic captain quality. It's just that when he came along, it was Bruni was just in that, you know, that, that role. And he's learned so much from him. You can see that. He plays the kind of football that, um, fans absolutely love there is not one Celtic fan would disagree with him being player of the year the writers player of the year I, w- I would say well done well done for uh, the um, the big man for getting the, the, the goalie for getting the Hearts goalie for getting the player the writers player of the year but they didn't hear that much about football do they it's the it's the actual players player that you really want that's what you want it's the supporters player of the year that you really want writers you know, that's why they've got typewriters and they're not playing the football. <laughs> typewriters? <laughs> typewriters? Even Hugh Keevens doesn't use one of them anymore. Um, yeah, it's, I think we should, we should have known this by now anyway, Simon and Marvin, but just in case anyone was in any doubt, it's been fascinating to see Callum McGregor underline or, or sort of blow apart some of the Sco- old school Scottish stereotypes about what a captain needs to be. Yeah. And you know what? Over the other side of the city, we've seen a, a similar journey. Um, with James Tavenier, you know, when you're losing games, it's oh, he's not a captain. You know, he's, he's not a leader. I think he answered that last year, and now Callum McGregor probably couldn't be more different from Scott Brown. Yeah, but uh, listen, and uh, this isn't the head, but it will be the headline that I'm not comparing him to this guy. But I played by a guy, Paul McStay, who didn't go about and ball his head off. He, he, he led by example. He was a hell of a player, classy player, McGregor lets his football do the talking but recently you know the disappointment in the semi-final he got them into a huddle after that game probably highlighting how important the next game was going to be at Dingwall you know couldn't afford another slip up and his form has went through the roof again you know Celtic had a disappointing season last year and he was amongst that obviously but the seasons before and he's back to his best if not better I think he's, he's, he's grown into this role 
and he's been fantastic. He really has. He's, he's what makes Celtic tick. And you can tell now he's the one that will talk, he'll encourage. There was one at the weekend where Kent goes through between two Celtic players into a dangerous situation. It's McGregor that gets back and wins it back for Celtic. And even the goal at Ibrox as well, when they're 1-0 down, he takes the game by the scruff of the neck. So he's a leader. He shows leadership in different ways to Bruni, who was a fantastic captain at Celtic. But I think he's grown into it brilliantly. And, and as Brian touches on there... He's, he's, he's been the understudy to Scott Brown mm. for so many years. You played under, you know, both types, if you like. Don't mean to pigeonhole Marvin, but, you know, very vocal captains, maybe slightly quieter. In different styles. Yeah, definitely uh, different styles. And, you know, I have to agree with Simon there. It'd been so easy for, for Callum to follow in, you know, the footsteps of, of Brownie and try to be that sort of captain because he'd been so used to it himself. But I do remember one thing he captained uh, Celtic against us last season. And, you know, he wasn't vocal that, you know, he was shouting and bawling, but when he got close to players, he said, I remember him saying, this is not good enough for Celtic Football Club, mm-hmm. you know, because they weren't performing against us and he wasn't going around and, you know, as I said, shouting from one side of the pitch to another. But when he went close to them, he let them know the standards that they required. And that, for me, is a captain, as Simon said as well, he leads by example and I think he's been an absolute fantastic footballer um, and he's going from strength to strength, but he's well respected. And again, it wasn't easy to come in as captain, by the way, this season, especially what had happened last season, you know, yeah, so, yeah, so far behind your rivals last season. You know, it wasn't a, a great season to go in to be captain, but he's taken it in his stride. You know, when they've needed him, he's taken a game by the scruff of the neck. And, you know, rightly so, he's given the PFA Player of the Year award. Uh, thank you, Brian. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Come on then, it's beat the pundit time. We've had a word with Marvin Bartley. We've told him he must be on his best behaviour and be nicer to the people that phone in. So we'll put that theory to the test if you give us a call right now. 01419511025. Your chance to beat the pundit could be next, but you have to get your call in before 7 o'clock. Tackle the headlines. 01419511025. Play one super scoreboard. Simon Donnelly and Marvin Bartley are here at 01419511025 or it is Twitter at Clyde SSB if you want to look ahead to Rangers game tomorrow you'll be in good company we've had a bit of that already but plenty more mileage there I'm sure uh, the last caller before the break was talking about the fact that it's awards season um, some given out at the weekend and the news today that the football writers have gone for Craig Gordon what do you make of that let us know 01419511025 I'm not going to let up you Partick Thistle fans Come on, I know you're angry about last night But there must still be some hope there That you can turn this around in the playoffs And move towards the Premiership Let us know 01419511025 And we will do this first Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Right, let's play Beat the Pundit Even Gordon DL managed to win last night So well, you know Pressure's on Yeah, pretty luck, much si. uh, Jack is in Mount Florida How's it going, Jack? I'm not bad, thanks How's yourself? What's got more chance of happening? Rangers turning round And making a European final Or you winning tonight? Uh, Rangers making a European final <laughs> <laughs> They'll toss the coin If it's heads it'll be Simon Donnelly If it's tails it's Marvin Bartley uh, And you're in trouble either way Because I've noticed about Marvin If he's playing He gives the caller a hard time and even if it's the other pundit that's playing, he gives the caller a hard time. Would you check the state of him with that it's phone? Filming again. Every week, Jack, he gets the phone out to make sure... It makes you wear a better top. That it's not... I don't know about this one, actually. It's a wee bit dusty looking. Um, 
to make sure that I don't cheat him on the, the, the toss. So here we go. If what am I again? Heads or tails? tails. Okay. Heads at Simon, tails at Marvin. No problem. Yes, come on. Put oh, that on your Instagram, wait. Bartley. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Well, let the people decide. You said yes before. Well, I think that's double tails anyway. That coin. <laughs> anyway, let's give Marvin some Clyde two to listen to. Uh, it's, to be honest, it's great to be rid of him for a couple of minutes. Jackie <laughs> talks too much. Um, right, thirty seconds. Just answer as many as you can. If you don't know, pass quickly and move on. Okay. Perfect. Right, let's go. Thirty seconds then on the clock, and your time starts now. Name either side Matt O'Reilly played with before Celtic. Pass. Name the only Australian to have been Rangers captain. Craig Moore. Who managed Dundee United the last time they finished top six in 2015? Shabba Which striker left Partick Thistle to join Dundee in January? Pass. Which country did Andy Halliday spend six months in whilst on loan at Gabala? Azerbaijan. Which SPFL club did John Souter start his professional career with? Pass. Okay, okay, let's bring... Marvin back, can you hear us? <laughs> <laughs> what a prankster. <laughs> oh, here we go, man. I was going to say pranker, and then <laughs> I thought that might get me in trouble because, you know, the subconscious might click in <laughs> and um, say something I regret. Anyway, you ready? No. Nope, 30 let's go. seconds on the clock. We're tough tonight, by the way. Ready? Yep. Name either side Matt O'Reilly played with before Celtic. MK Dons. Name the only Australian to have been Rangers captain. Craig Moore. Who managed Dundee United the last time they finished top six in 2015? Pass. Which striker left Partick Thistle to join Dundee in January? Rudden, Zach Rudden. Which country did Andy Halliday spend six months in whilst on loan at Gabala? Azerbaijan. Which SPFL club did John Souter start his professional career with? Kiwana. Too late anyway. Uh, what do you mean too late? Well, it was wrong. I wouldn't worry about it. Your Calm down, Jack. Today. It's in Mount Florida. Jack, what do you make of the the attempt that you heard from Marvin? I think he's done me. You think he's done you? No, I've not. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh, honestly. It rings in my ears for the rest of our Wednesday night. Uh, Matt O'Reilly, I'm afraid Jack did play for MK Dons or Fulham. And Jack passed it, so it's 1-0. Left me, me straight away. As soon as I passed, I was like, ah, no, good start, no. pal. Uh, the only Australian to have been Rangers club captain. Jack got it. Craig Moore, I can't believe you got that as well. Because I've worked with him back. before. Great show. You I, played with him? No, I'm not that old. Wow, I worked with him Where? before. Oh, in the Arrival. media world. Oh, right, okay. Arrival. Arrival. I thought you meant that, that football. I'm the same age as Craig Exactly. Let's change the question. Who was the assistant manager of Dundee United no, the last time they finished top six in 2015? Simon Donnelly. Can just look over here? And who was the gaffer? Oh, wow. Jackie McNamara. Jackie McNamara. None of you got it right. I that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What, what position did you finish? Oh, now you're asking. Uh, fourth. Below Motherwell anyway. I was setting you up for that one. <laughs> uh, which striker left Partick Thistle to join Dundee in January? I'm afraid it was Zach Rudden he, he, near, he nearly forgot it If that's any consolation um, But Marvin moves Two in front is it? Oh, no. This game's easy Oh no, no. <laughs> uh, Andy Halliday Famously <laughs> got sent to Azerbaijan As we like to remind him um, I mean Jack got that Jack Did was alright Well done Jack But unfortunately for you You stay two in front And even if I was to dock you points John Souter started his professional career Again Dundee United. 
Do you know what? That's poor from me. I know it is. But do you know what happened? I knew I was already what? I knew I had one. <laughs> just take your feel off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just, yeah. Trying to make you feel better. Did, Did you get that one right? Uh, no, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, how bad is this? People are going to stop phoning on a Wednesday if he keeps laughing at them. I'm wasting his time. I'll, I'll just phone in every Wednesday and just take him on. Because I can I, handle it. I love that. That means I'll be winning from now to the end of the season. We phone them back. They don't have to worry about the phone oh, okay. bill too much. He would good like that. Oh, that's, that's not too uh, bad. Very, very how many generous. did Jack get there? 4-2. Simon, well done, Jack. To, to Marvin, sorry. You know, if there's only two questions, mate, you'd have had a 100% record. But unfortunately <laughs> for you, there wasn't. <laughs> Jack, this guy's so disrespectful. It's so awesome. disrespectful. You've been to final look forward to tomorrow. Exactly. What What's he up to tomorrow? Watching I'll, I'll be watching. I'll be cheering him on as well. Um, I was, I'm disappointed we didn't get to the next one because there is scope for it to bring you back down to earth <laughs> if you can't get it. I think he might. Who was the Livy manager when they were promoted to the Premiership in 2018? Hopkins. Oh, I was so sure he was going to forget. Good you were panicking. You were panicking. Oh, well, I was going to say Davy. <laughs> Did you know that there, or were you just no, delaying? I, yeah, I, no, I had to think. I'm not getting involved in that. I don't. I don't know how much influence your gaffer had. That's your area of expertise, not mine. Uh, so we'll leave that there. Thought I'd get myself in trouble. Uh, thank you very much, Jack. Uh, it was nice to hear from you. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Take care, Jack. Well done, mate. Oh, so patronising, listen, yuck. That was a little pat on the head for him. On the back, on you go. Enjoy your nightmare. Is that three out of three for me? I don't you, care. bringing up record. That's what I mean. He's on a run. See, when I lose, he brings up record. I remember your record. No, I remember it. Three out of three. Uh, we do have someone who keeps an eye on these things. There is a mystery listener who lives somewhere has far a, away. Has a league table. And has a spreadsheet and all sorts. Not only does this guy have, you know, wins and losses, he has, like... Points per game. Really? Ooh. He keeps stats on like who gets the first question right. It's incredible. Wow. Yeah, he does a lot I'm of work. I'm going to be a for minus us. one sort of guy soon. I'm no, I know you're not no? like it. Okay, Only cheers. Roger Hanna. Well, it's three wins out of three. You're doing all right. It still goes for, and for me, it still goes Hanna, Halliday, and then the rest can fit. No, no, out. then who? Simon's not bad as well, you know. Simon's you know, lost his last two, no? No, 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 no. Just, just the last one. Last one. Oh, no. good, as good as your last game. Form table says um, L. I mean, I know who's near. I know who's near the bottom, but these guys get a hard enough time, so I won't, I won't mention it. Uh, when they're not here, Hugh Keevans wants to know if you've got socks on. He's texting me. He's just by the way, you should orange, see the ones I have on. Orange socks. Oh I can't my! Account, I can see them. Oh my it's goodness! It's because I came from that awards thing. And I've I seen your, I've your Instagram. Do you know the problem when be, is? When be your tie? Yeah, that's what I mean. I saw that you were speaking at sort of. But, but do you know what the problem today? was? I didn't have any trainers. I forgot to pack trainers. And I was coming straight from there to here. So I nearly had to wear my loafers in. And I found these in the car. <laughs> I wish you... It's just to paint the picture. He's got a black hoodie and tracky bottoms on. See if you had to wear loafers or that. That would have been the greatest night of my life. Oh, man. It was a massive worry. Very lucky you're, uh, you're messy. And you had trainers in the car. Yeah. There we go. Right. 01419511025. Uh, we're about to speak to Roger who is a Rangers fan, so let's tee him up. I don't think he'll mind uh, having James Tavernier as his warm-up act. He says the club are devastated by the loss of kitman Jimmy Bell, who sadly passed away age 69 yesterday. Tavernier <coughs> says Bell would have wanted them to just focus on the game and, of course, go on and reach Seville. 
It's obviously a devastating time for the club. Everyone that knew Jimmy, his family, and yesterday was really difficult to take. We all took to our own to, to obviously to mourn Jimmy. Um, I know Jimmy wouldn't want the fuss. He'd want us to pull our socks up, roll, roll our sleeves up and get stuck into tomorrow. For the first whistle, you know, we're going to do it for the club, do it for the fans, and obviously do it for Jimmy. Yeah, I love Jimmy to bits. He was one of the first people that I came came in to see him when I first joined the club. I remember the first, first time I met him, I asked him for the number two you know he'd give us some stick for me even asking him you know we've created a, such a special relationship over like, over the years so it's, it's, it's really hard to take it's a heart and soul of this place but you know we have to obviously focus on the game and and try and put the best performance that he would he would want us to do and and obviously try and reach a final where he would obviously want to go and that's our aim let's bring in Roger who is a Rangers fan how are you feeling ahead of tomorrow Roger Good evening, guys. How are we doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Nice. Well, listen, a fantastic was for the captain there. Um, it's, it's a very sad time. Mixed emotions. Also, what happened with Jimmy yesterday. And also, a loss of Smith earlier in the season as well. So, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a quite emotional night tomorrow night. Remember, Ola Smith was the last manager to get Rangers this far. Uh, and I can completely say different style of football. And I'm not, not saying that what Walter's football was, was anti-football, but certainly it's quite enjoyable watching Rangers this time. So I'll be very proud of the team tomorrow night and they come out and Walter will look down with me, Jimmy saying, look, let's go for it. And I'm, at the moment, guys, believe it or not, I'm, I'm actually quite calm. Um, but 24 hours from now, I'll be like a bubbling wreck that I'm really looking forward to early on. So when you say calm, is that a calm confidence or you just... Generally looking forward to the occasion. Oh, God, I'm actually quite calm just now. I'm, I'm up here. I've got my cat next to me. She's kind of calming me down just now as well. But no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm actually okay. Um, but I'm going with my both sons tomorrow. A lot of my friends uh, also know it's a sellout. Um, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. And again, I thought a few weeks ago, and, and I think I used the, the word it's the norm. Um, maybe it's been kind of blasey or something to say that. But We've got to the stage now being Rangers supporters since Gerard took over uh, and Gio's kind of continued it forward. Uh, we're disappointed if we don't get to the, to the, the group stages or we don't get out of them. We've progressed season on season on season and we've seen some fantastic teams being put to the sword. Now, this game's not finished tomorrow night. They, they, they'll want to, like Marvin rightly said earlier on, and that they'll, be, they'll want to win this big time because this is a, a an opportunity to get to the Champions League where also every team wants to be. But I think we've found the level in the Europa League and we're doing exceptionally well and I really, I'm really buzzing for the money. But at the moment, as I say, I'm kind of calm. That's all very good, uh, Roger, but what's the cat's name? Is it Gio, Alfredo, something else? <laughs> it's Misha, her name is. No Rangers connection then? Well, aye, she's, she's red, white and blue, that's what I'm sorry. <laughs> she's red, white and blue. Well, she is now. She wasn't until yesterday and he's uh, decorating the poor cat for the, the big occasion. Um, yeah, it's funny, Marvin, I think, maybe maybe because we're in sort of uncharted territory, like our clubs don't get to these stages uh, very often, I feel like Rangers fans that are phoning in are more confident at overturning a, a deficit against Leipzig than they would be for a home league game against St Mirren. That, that's kind of how it works, isn't it? Yeah. In a strange roundabout way. And that's, that's like you said, that's the confidence they now have with it within the group. I think the fans know the massive part that they play also in uh, you know Rangers going through these rounds. 
you know, you can't deny that. You know, when when teams are playing at Ibrox and and the Rangers uh, fans have got the absolute stadium rocking, it's a very difficult venue to go to. And I think the players have spoken about that. So the Rangers fans have a massive, massive part to play tomorrow. And I'm sure they'll play extremely well. But yeah, there there is a confidence, almost a, a little bit of a, an arrogance, which is is a good thing in football. Um, but there won't be an overconfidence. You know, the players, as I said, will know they'll be firmly fixed on tomorrow's game. Um, you know, they all the reasons they want to do it, and they want to get to a final. Get to a final. Imagine winning that and get to Champions League. Well, that mean two teams go to Champions League. Yeah, so yeah. win the league. Yeah. What a fantastic thing for Scottish football. You know, if you'd have said that a year ago or two years ago, people would have laughed at us. To even have one one team, you know, this late in the competition, people would have said no way. And the way Rangers have performed, you know, round after round, um, you know, in the group stages and the knockout stages, have been absolutely fantastic and be brilliant for for us. And as I said, flying the Scottish flag for us to, for them to get to the final. And by the way, I've tried to remind everyone a couple of times because it seems like it's been uh, forgotten a little bit. Even if Rangers don't win the Europa League and they finish second in the Premiership, like yeah. most people expect them to. They're still in the qualification stage yeah. of the Champions League next season. Uh, they would go into the third qualifying round. So it'd be three, three games? Uh, two, two. The third right, and, okay. then, and then the, the playoff round. Right. Are we so sure that a team who reaches the Europa League semi-final yeah. can't get through in the Champions League qualifying? All season we've been conditioned to think that the champions will be in <clears> the group stages yeah. and the runners-up won't be. So I good, wonder if they'll both be there. Yeah, it's a good point. And Thank you, Roger. It's a good point, is and and Roger's quite right because Rangers have grown season after season. They keep progressing even further in Europe. And I'm just looking at we've scribbled down teams for tomorrow, but there's quite a lot of the team that have been through that that run together. Mm-hmm. So they've gained all that experience. So it's maybe no any great surprise that they are progressing and they are getting better every year. Uh, but that's a good point. You know, it's not. The be all and end all. Obviously, Rangers want to go and win this. They're in the semi final, but you would expect them if they if they had two ties to negotiate next year yeah. against that level of team that come in at that time. If you if you're lucky with the draw, yeah, you would expect Rangers to go in. I think I know where it comes from because our clubs have had so many qualification horror stories in yeah. recent seasons. They come at a difficult time for us. We've seen lower-ranked nations, you know, embarrass us at times. But there, there is but five or you, six of those players that have been over the yeah, course. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I was going to say. If you can't believe in yourself to get through two qualification rounds when you've been a Europa League semi-finalist, yeah. then there's something amiss there. And you know, it wasn't that long ago. Brendan Rodgers' side did it twice. Got yeah. got through the qualifiers. So we don't always. It helps, obviously, but we don't always need the the, the automatic. Um, Roger, I wonder how much your confidence levels would would change if Kemal Roof is fit tomorrow. Uh, you know, I think Gio's got a, a, a big a big job in his hand if, if he if he's going to try to squeeze him in. Um, it's going to be very interesting. I'm glad we got back because there'll be an option if he does start on the bench. Um, but the very teams playing, I think Marvin uh, touched earlier on. Sakala's been playing well and, and at the right time, and the ten men against Motherwell, then and the, the two games against Celtic. Like, it's just a great feeling, right? To be a Rangers fan when it's still the spring summer nights and you're still in Europe. It's absolutely fantastic. So yeah, he's. Um, I will come on and score the winner. We'll be we'll be three one to Rangers. And he'll get the goal in the last minute, and the place will explode. <laughs> he's got it all figured out. He's got it all figured out. Does Roger? In Uddingston, that was Roger and the cat. Thank you very much. Show one four one nine five one one zero two five. We've got some breaking managerial news right now. I think it was the worst kept secret, but Falkirk have announced the appointment of John McGlynn 
as first team manager so he's left Wraith Rovers in the championship gone to obviously a very big club in League 1 in Falkirk anyone out there wants to get their thoughts in on that now's a good time to do it 01419511025 we'll take more calls and we'll put these two up against the full time teaser next as well Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One's Super Scoreboard. Right, it's time for Marvin Bartley and Simon Donnelly to team up and tackle this full-time teaser. Now, if you are unfamiliar with the concept, it's pretty simple, granted, but it's enjoyable. You lot out there, send the questions in. A bit of trivia, maybe something that you've read somewhere else. You can steal it, we don't mind that, let's be honest. Or you've come up with it, you've researched it. But you put it to the panel uh, in the last half hour of the show and we see if they can come up with all the answers. So it goes a bit like this. So thank you to Graham in Easterhouse who sent this one in. Uh, it's topical, but he's just changed the direction slightly. Can you name the last 10 players to win PFA's Player of the Year in England? So we've been doing a lot of these with the Scottish Awards recently. But can you name the last 10 to win the PFA Player of the Year in the English Premier League? Van Dyke? Yes. Aguero? No. Is he not one at all? Mm, I don't, no, I don't think so. A couple on this list have won it more than once. So it's not... Yeah, it's just the last ten players. Some of them maybe did win it more than once. Salah? Yep. Come on, Simon, join in any time. Swap you for Jack. Is that his name, I beat? Beat the pundit. You've his name already. Just distant memory now. Try to think the teams. Any more? Take another guess before we move on. Ten years. <laughs> you got another one? Yeah, but I'm it. waiting for you. Yeah, go for it. De Boina. Yes, well done. All right, let's remind you of that email address. It's fulltime at clyde1.com if you want to send your questions in. We'd love to have them. De Bruyne, Van Dyke, and Salah so far looking for another seven of the last ten PFA Player of the Year in England. Uh, specifically so let's bring in Stephen who's a Motherwell fan on the line what's your point tonight Stephen uh, just quickly put my phone around me your producer there the last word I heard was breaking managerial news and I thought oh yes Graham Alexander's been sacked finally <laughs> um, basically I think if we don't win on Saturday he's got to go and and I know you'll look at it and you'll say that Motherwell in six points it's a successful season but it's not the past or the present I'm worried about it's where we go next season. I look at his signings. and three, maybe four, a push of being a success. We've not replaced Tony Watt. That, I've, I've said that on here before. And but for Livingston failing to defend a cross ball, we wouldn't be top six. Oh, you want to see the look on Bartley's face right now, Stephen? I mean, you're, you're, back, you're spot on, of course. <laughs> I don't know how anyone could argue. Um, such a weird situation. Because, you know, Stephen's saying... You know, we haven't replaced Tony Watt. Well, we lost Tony Watt and still finished top six. Yeah, and you know, had it not been for Livy not de- de- uh, failing to defend that you know cross ball, so- sorry to say, but that did happen. So it's, it's such a we- it is a weird place because loads of Motherwell fans will feel like Stephen as well, though. But but they're in the top six. I mean, where did Motherwell expect to finish? You know, I think at the start of the season, if you'd offered Motherwell top six, they would have taken it. I, I get it that you know the season hasn't been great, especially the, the recent form, and and it's. You know, not what was expected. Uh, I agree it's a massive game against Ross County, but they're in a, the top six is so difficult. I mean, you know, I'm not saying it's easy to do, but you can lose five out of five in there. 
you know, it, it does happen. But I think they have to be Graham Alexander at, at least, you know, the first half of next season, you know, maybe up to the break that we have for the World Cup. Because at the end of the day, he'd have been set out to get into the top six. He's done that. However he's done it, he's done it. Um, and you at least need to give him a start of the season. I, I agree. They do need another centre forward in, and I'm sure he'll be working on that. But you're not convinced, Stephen? No, and I, and I don't think about 90% of the mother will support her at the minute as well. Um, it's not been good to watch. Again, I get I get what Mark's saying in terms of giving her a summer, but then uh, Marvin, sorry, and then I, I see I see um, his signings and I go, they've not been that good. Only the way Van Bean, Slattery and Liam Kelly have, have delivered them me, for me. I mean, really they can show patches, but the rest of haven't been good enough. Um and, and I don't see how he can take us forward um, next season. I really don't. What do you think it would say to prospective managers, Stephen? You know, if if that job becomes vacant and other managers are looking at it and are basically being told that top six might not even be enough to keep them in a job, do you think they'd fancy a crack at that position? That I know, but that's not the way I'm looking at it. Right? Well, but I'm asking you to look at it that way. Just humour me. I, I get that. I do, right? But we should have walked to top six with the start to the season that we had. Yeah, but who was in charge for that start to the season? I know who it was, but then he's also... In, you can't... I, I've, I've been on here, Gordon, and you know I have, and you know I've given him credit for the start of the season that he had. It was good. But then he's got to take the flight for us. He has to. If I'm giving him credit for that... It has to take flight for this. Simon, what do you think? Listen, Stephen's seen a lot more of Motherwell than me, and he's obviously they're not performing as attractively as he would like. But as Marv says, they've kind of fell into that top six. They've stuttered across the line, and that is probably what Mother were looking at at the start of the season. Uh, the crazy world of football. Should they not have got there? Would Graham Alexander have kept his job? We don't know. You know, as I say, the crazy world of football. But yeah, I think it's maybe just mm. the, the product and what what they're watching week in week out. If they're not being entertained or they're not seeing their team playing well, frustration, you know, follows. I I, I was talking to you before we came on. I, I like the I don't know what Stephen thinks about the young lad Tierney. I thought he'd a good game. He caught my eye in the highlights. It was only the highlights right enough at the weekend. He caught my eye, and there didn't look to be a lot in that game against Dundee mm. United. Who have are regarded to have had a really good season because they're sitting in fourth place, which four points above them. So yeah. you can see it from all angles, but Stephen's paying his money and he's going to watch Motherwell week in, week out, and he's obviously not happy with what is on the pitch. Football's changed, Marvin. It's the short-term nature of it. And then you can spin this a few ways. Had Graham Alexander started the season like this, he might have been sacked. You know, he might not have got that time. Or had he survived it and then gone on a, a good run like they had at the start and come on a late run and got into the top six the Motherwell fans would be buzzing about that yeah uh, so it's I mean you can't rewrite it though you can't change the order of it but it's just because now it's, it's normal to look at smallish sections of results rather than than that big picture like I said to Stephen you're, you're a coach you, you want to get into management if, if you were applying for the Motherwell job and, and you you thought that you, you might get the sack after getting them into the top six. That would feel weird, wouldn't it? Most definitely. It most definitely feel weird. But I do agree with you. If you flip what's happened, you know, in the Motherwell season, he wouldn't have got to the stage to, to turn it around. No doubt about it. But managers get credit in the bank like players do. 
no players form will go and they have five bad games and it's their first five bad games and you know, they won't play for, for a little while but if you've played 30 good games and you have five bad games the manager's more likely to persevere with you um, I think it's, it's a difficult one I just think when you are in the top six it's very difficult for the club to come out in, in the summer and say you know what Graham it's time for you to go because then who mm. do you get in but there's no doubt about it. the form hasn't been great I think if they can go to him and say listen you've got the first 15 games of next season things have to improve if they don't improve you lose your job I, I, I can see them going more down that route than you know getting rid of him right now I think there's any chance at all Stephen if, if Marvin's right and you know if you're a decision maker at Motherwell and you say oh, like this is crazy the guy's got us to the top six why would we get rid of him do you think there's any chance that, that Graham Alexander then feels he's not getting the credit he deserves? He's saddened by all the negativity. Any chance he he takes it into his hands in the summer? Um, I, I think I think he'll he'll stay if, if given the chance. Um, and I I I mean I'm hearing rumours, Gordon. Right, I'm hearing rumours that there was a board meeting this week that was all over Motherwell Twitter. And um, I'm hearing strong rumours that if he doesn't win on Saturday, then we don't get a European spot, he's out the door. Um, now, I, I would love to be proven wrong with that fight. I would love nothing more than if he stays here next season and we have a great start to the season. I don't, I don't get any joy coming on here and slating managers, but I'm not getting any joy to go and watch my team at the minute. And that's supposed to be my release in life, and it is an absolute chore. And I'm continuing that chore at Dingwall on Saturday, by the way. Of course you are. You wouldn't have it any other way, would you? <laughs> Good on you, Stephen. No, no, but um, I hope that I'm proven wrong because I, I don't, you know, I've come on here and I have praised him when he's won Marys in the month and when it was going well. And and it's not as if it's been knee-jerked. And this has been around the 15 games, so it's not as if my reactions knee-jerked. I've sat and I've thought about it, I've weighed it up. And I just don't know if with the quality of his signings, he'll be able to put it right again next season. That was the one major factor that I looked at. I'm not saying it makes it wrong. I've just got these visions that you know, in a couple if Stephen gets his wish in a couple of years' time, you know when the when the day to day stuff you've forgotten about it, we will look back on a season where Graham Alexander finished top six, got two manager of the month awards and lost his job at a club that's got maybe the tenth you know, biggest budget in the league. I get, I'm not saying that makes it wrong, but from the outside, you might look at that and think, what's, what's happening? But on the inside, fans like Stephen, a lot of them feel that way. Yeah, no, and, and that's the thing, you know, fans are the, the life of them, the kind of the blood of the, of the football club, so it'd be difficult, you know, to survive out them if the fans are, are against what Graham's doing. Maybe it's the style of play, that's what I was going to ask Stephen, is it the style of play or, or just the results? Because I think there's ways to lose games, I think if a team are playing well and can see what they're trying to do, it's a lot easier. And I know people have kind of said that Graham's gone too direct now, um, there's not really a structure to what he's doing. I think that might be another thing, he's gone away from what got them success at the start. Stephen? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, totally. This guy up playing now. I've got my own channel on YouTube, and, and I said after the game on Saturday, that's if my team's going to lose the game, that's the way I want to see us lose it. We create chances, hit the post, hit the bar. We how we lost that game on Saturday, I don't know, but it's been too few and far between. And I mean, you're no sorry to rub in again, but you probably feel like we still top six off you guys. I can't, Steve, yeah. the league table doesn't lie. Don't no, start that Stephen, stuff. Stephen, I like you. I totally agree. Honestly. <laughs> you did steal it. So can we have our place back, please? If you're going to plug your YouTube channel, you better tell us what it's called, Stephen, so folk can look at it. It's a different view all world. I mean, I'm nearly at 1,000 subscribers now, so it's going well. I was at Partick Viembernest last night. Really enjoyed that. 
uh, going as a neutral and being able to relax and not being stressed. <laughs> <laughs> what did you make of it, by the way? Because we were going to discuss it anyway. So since you're on, deserved result in the end. I don't think that Partick fans can have any complaints with the result. I mean, they'll, look, they'll point to the chance that the boy Allegri had uh, when he was through on goal one-on-one, but I thought that Inverness looked like the better football inside. I thought Shane Sutherland was fantastic, particularly the second half. And I think that now they've got home advantage Friday night, that'll be enough to see them through. Uh, thank you very much, Stephen. Producer Callum, go and subscribe to this guy's YouTube channel from the Clyde One accounts, why don't you? Um... <coughs> Yeah, the playoffs are brilliant if they go your way. They're terrible if they don't. And um, I'm sure the Partick Thistle fans are feeling a bit frustrated at a missed mm. opportunity last night. Yeah, home home tie first and, and get their noses in front in the game as well. But I said the other day, I think Partick towards the end of the season have lost their form and Inverness are the opposite. Uh, but when I seen Partick had taken the lead, I thought, you, you know, that looks... That looks good for them, but the result in the end is not great for for Partick, and it's going to be a difficult one for them. Not impossible, but they're, they're going to have to try and find some form up at Inverness to turn that round on Friday. I love the playoffs, Marvin, as a neutral. Um, the one year that my team was involved, it made me feel physically sick, and then it was good <laughs> in the end. Um, but like I said, from a neutral, it's just brilliant across the across the divisions. Absolutely, uh, it's fantastic, and and this is such a good thing, you know, because the seasons don't just play out, and there's nothing left if you don't finish top and you're not getting promoted. There's a second chance for teams, and I agree with Simon. It's such a difficult task now for Partick to go, you know, away to Inverness and and try and turn this over. It's the most difficult of places to go at the best of times, you know. Let alone when you've got, you know, they've got a goal lead. So just fell away at the wrong time, Partick, haven't they? Yeah, they well, they have. They've got some good players as well. Mm. You know, I think Ian McCall's been backed kind of by the board. Yeah. They've got some good players within there, some Premier League experience players as yeah. well and you know you have to fear for them if they're not to go up you think people like Scott Tiffany would be kind of leaving the football club which mm. would be a massive blow for them but in Vanessa Simon said you know, they've gone to form at the right time and you know Parsic Thistle fans won't be happy with me but I think Inverness will win that one uh, we've got games tonight Queen's Park Dunfermline Queen's Park's a very interesting story you know hugely ambitious Owen Coyle's going to be taking charge uh, Dunfermline unthinkable a club of that size to potentially drop into League One again John Hughes not so long ago winning things in the top flight and, and getting great praise and, and could be about to drop into League One so we'll keep an eye on that one this evening Queen's Park against Dunfermline uh, from the Championship playoffs to the Europa League semi-final with Andy in Bears Den what are you thinking about tomorrow Andy? Uh, well I was how are you doing Pan? I hope you're all well good thank you good um, I was wanting to ask the panel what their thoughts were on whether it would be Roof or Sakala tomorrow and who they would choose. Uh, I think I heard you say earlier if Roof's uh, fit, but my my missus works in the Hillfoot garage and he popped in to get petrol. So she asked him how his injury was. He said it was better. I asked him when he would next be playing. He said hopefully tomorrow. So it sounds. Oh, that's an exclusive inside knowledge. We've got an exclusive from Andy and Bill. Thanks. They pick up any snacks. Kamar Roof's fit. What else did he buy? Uh, I don't know. Really, what else did he buy? <laughs> <laughs> Just petrol. <laughs> uh, He's got more restraint than me. You have to pick up something else, don't yeah. you? <laughs> you feel obliged to. Um, I love that. There you are, Rangers fans. We've broken the news. Inside knowledge. He's fit, according to petrol station workers out there. Um, well, if that's true, it'd be a great boost. Most sure. definitely. Um, I, I just can't see him starting. I just think, 
it's a tough one. Whether he's fit to take a place on the bench is slightly different. I think if he's anyway near fit, he'll be saying to Joe, listen, at least put me on the bench and, and let me get on. I just think if you haven't trained, you know, two, three days mm. before a game, it's very difficult a game of that magnitude to just go in with no days training. Um, I think that's a tough one. No matter, even, even if you train today and he does a little bit tomorrow, it's going to be so light that you can get through it. You're not going to get any real sharpness from it. And he's been out, you know, as you said, is it 10 or 11 days now? So I think if he's anyway near fit, he'll be on the bench, um, Andy. But I think they will start with Sakala tomorrow. What's the good lady's name, Andy? Sorry, say that again. What did you say there? What's your good lady's name? Ailey. So Ailey's given us the... The news. The only thing, and so this is this is not Ailey's fault. <laughs> Marvin Bartley believes his girlfriend's called Ailey as well. He's just a wee bit worried in case there's cross wires. You're thinking, all right, um, Simon. The <clears throat> with no reason to doubt the messenger, but you know what you players are like. Kamar Roof. I'm sure he does think he's fit enough to play tomorrow. Well, I, I would be saying yeah, that as well. Uh, you know, you know, so it's it's it might not transpire that way. Europa League, and and that's what we said earlier on. You'd be desperate to play whether he's ready. As <clears throat> as Marv touches on there, Gio will know. Gio will know what what is what parts of the sessions he's taking place. Uh, is he looking sharp? Is he looking fit? I've just got a wee suspicion he might start. Mm. So Andy, if they are, if he is fit, and of course it seems like he is, you've got the info. How does Sakala fit into this, or, or does he not, or what do you do? Oof, that's a tough one. I, I mean, I, I said to you when I, the last time I phoned, I think Sakala's a man for Europe, but then he went and scored and nailed for him. So um, I think they both offer different things, and that's what makes it a tough one. I think if you're going to lob the ball over and then behind the defence, and Sakala's got the pace to run onto it, Ruth, however, it, you know, he finds to be find himself in the right places at the right times as the ball goes into the box so I think it's it's going to be a tough one personally probably go with Ruth um, but it's I think it's a tough decision just as, on the fact that both of them have done well since Morelos went, went out an injury yeah we I mentioned recency bias quite a lot on the show because I think you know you see it you know Sakala does well second half scores a goal has a good chance um, and People think you know he's in a bit of a, he's in a good place in him. It's not to say that he's not, but on Thursday night we still heard loads of people saying, "Oh, Rangers really need a focal point. They are missing a focal point. It's the one thing we need more than anything." So it, it, it is a bit of a unique predicament for Giovanni van Bronckhorst. It's not. It's either you have a focal point or you don't. That's sort of the the game plan he would need to choose between. Yeah, or unless he goes to a rebrot front because you know he it was well for a spell. Didn't yeah, it? yeah, it did. It definitely did. You know, he's a, he's a player. With then moved him out of there, didn't he? Quite quickly. Yeah, to to change it up a little bit. But again, that could be another option. I just you know, again, Sakala. I think for all the strengths he does have, holding the ball up isn't one of them. No. But you have to find a way of, of playing into him that's going to help him. You know, he, he's different to the other strikers you have, and this is why they've got good players who can work things out. And this is why they've got a top manager because he needs to work out a way of you know feeding Sakala like they did against Celtic in the second half that will allow him to get you know one-on-one -on -one opportunities shots at goal etc and that isn't playing the ball into his feet if you want someone to do that tomorrow he's not the striker for you to start no he's, he's off he's off the cuff Sakala mm. isn't he he's off the cuff but he's, he's quick and if you get the balls in uh, against Celtic three or four occasions yeah you know, and he, he was strongly held off Carter Vickers at one time as mm -hmm. well but it's no link-up play he's not the guy and last week when he was playing in that central role I don't think he used the You've got Roy McKay there. I think over time, a top striker, maybe working with him and and you know pointing little things out to him because I don't think at times 
he uses his pace correctly he's very off the cuff Andy you can come back any time tell Ailey to keep the information coming alright <laughs> well done good man that was Andy in Bears Den Super Scoreboard European Football Updates with Moyer and Sweeney Litigation, a multi-award winning law firm with a name you can trust. Right, picture the scene, you've gone into the petrol station, you've got your fuel, Ailey Sergi, you've picked up some snacks along the way, of course you have, because you're not like Kamal Roof, and you head home to sit down in front of your new 58-inch Samsung 4K TV and Amazon Echo Show. That could be the reality, because we're giving you the chance to win one, thanks to Moyer and Sweeney Litigation. Now, they are our sponsors of European football coverage. They're a multi-award winning law firm offering high-quality, discreet legal advice across all wide range of, of legal matters. We're talking family law, road traffic, personal injury, public inquiries, loads more. Go to Clyde1.com, you can find out a bit more, and that's how you enter as well for the chance to win the 58-inch Samsung TV and Amazon Echo Show, all thanks to Moyer and Sweeney Litigation. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Right, we're into the home straight tonight. We've got Marvin Bartley and Simon Donnelly here. They're trying their best to tackle Graham and Easterhouse's question, which is, can you name the last 10 players to win the PFA Player of the Year in England? Because we've been talking about the Scottish Awards quite a lot. You've got KDB, VVD and Mohamed Salah so far. Mo Salah. Any more? Well, I'm under pressure because... You've not got my, any yet. My big teammates <laughs> slagging me off here. David Silva. <laughs> no. No. Sterling. Silva didn't know nope. Gareth Bell. Yes. <sighs> well done. I mean, well done. <laughs> Vardy. Nope. Canty. Yes. Oh, well done. He gets one. <laughs> Five. That's <to> it. <laughs> halfway there. Suarez. Yes. Okay, okay, not bad at all, right? It's maybe a team game. He's keeping them posted. Never even mentioned Suarez. Shocking, there. isn't he? Right, four to go. We'll get them before the end, and it's full time at Clyde One dot com. If you want to send your answer in, let's bring in Colin, uh, who's a Rangers fan in Airdrie. What's on your point? What is your point? I should say tonight, Colin. Hi, I'm Gordon. Uh, I just phoned up about the award that we gave out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in my reckoning. As Paul Coglu, I'm a Rangers fan, and I think yes, he deserves Manager of the Year. Um, in terms of Player of the Year, I think uh, Tavernier should have been up there in the running, or at least pushing uh, McGregor for it. However, I do feel that for Young Player of the Year, how Callum Bassett has not been nominated in that is just beyond me. And that's me being honest, because I just, I, I kind of see it. And I know people say, right, it's how they play in Scottish football. However, when professional players play on a Saturday, Sunday or whatever against these players and they might not do anything, when they then turn around and look at them on a Thursday in Europe, how can you turn around and say he's not in the yeah. running for it? And I, I just, I don't understand it. What do you think, Marvin? Because the, I've seen a, a few conflicting reports and, and people suggesting that he wasn't young enough to be nominated, but he was. He was eligible. Calvin Bassey was eligible for the Young Player of the Year. Um, and Colin, right? He, you know, he didn't get the nod. It is from the fellow professionals. Um, how, how can I second guess players across the country? Is it? I mean, 
I'm going to use the phrase for the third time in five minutes because of the recency thing. He's, he's in brilliant form right now. Is it maybe? Did he maybe save his best form for a little bit late in the season? I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to come up with what the answers might be. No, because if he's eligible and I didn't know he was, then he should definitely be in the in the nominations. There's there's no doubt about it. Um, the only thing I can think of is a lot of players maybe voted earlier on. I know it closed at a certain date, but it opens yeah. relatively early. That can be the only reason because, you know, if that's done now, 100% he is in the run. And you've got Baron, Connor Barron mm-hmm. from Aberdeen. And I'm just looking it up now. He's played eight games. Ah, uh, but, so here's the other thing that's worth pointing out because you're right. I've seen a lot of people point that out. Yeah. Now, the young player vote is across all the leagues. So Connor Barron might have got right, votes due to his performances at Kelty in the first half yeah. of the season. Yeah. Yeah, well, that obviously that changes things. Yeah. But regardless, Bass is yeah. going to be in there ahead of somebody else. I, I don't. Yeah, like I, I said, I, I, I'm not trying to pick holes in it for mm-hmm. anything other than you know the, the discussion purposes. You know, you mentioned the Ross County game and so on. I, ju- I just wonder if maybe the perception amongst the fellow pros, whether it's right or not, the perception maybe is um, you know that he's come good recently rather than across the season. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Gordon. Second guess, you uh, yeah, have to I, I, I don't understand that. I genuinely thought he was he was told, and you're telling me that, that he's not. He should 100%. I agree with Colin and anyone else who says so. He, he should be in there because the form he's shown as a young man playing, you know, at such a massive club with the mm. pressures that come with that, that no, doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, players had to be 21 and under on the 1st of August. He didn't turn 22 until Hogmanay, so he was eligible. Mm-hmm. Um, does Colin put up a fair point? He does, yeah, he does. I think Bassey's been one of the success stories of Rangers this season. And he has got better and better as the season's went on. But again, we, we spoke about this last week. You can, sometimes you just can't work out. It's the players that are voting for it. Why do they pick people ahead of certain ones? We don't, we don't know. But for Colin, I think. He can be 100% in what he's saying there. Uh, Bassey's had a very good season. And you would back him to continue that tomorrow night, I assume, Colin? Uh, I, I do. And to be honest with you, I, I feel as if that's where um, he's not been gave the kind of praise that he should be getting for such a young age. He's played two different positions, so Van Brockenhorst can drop and change with him at, a song, at such a young age. So... I just feel as if for a, a player of his age, what he's done, um, he's not getting the, the, the respect that it, it should be due, to be honest with you. Yeah, the um, conversations in January, Colin, and I do remember this, there certainly was a time in the season where most people used to say he's not a centre-half, you know, prefer him at left-back, but I feel like maybe those conversations are dwindling in number a little bit. Um, well, I think they're uh, unfounded, to be honest with you, because he's a young player, but don't get me wrong, maybe Conor Goldson and stuff like that's helped him on. However, he's still to play each game as it comes and do what he's had to do. And I think, for to me, as a Rangers player, the full season, he's stepped up and done what he's been asked. Every time the manager says you're playing at left back, centre back, he's done it. And he's done it to the best of his ability. And that's where I feel Leo Abada, he get nominated to me. Personally, I just think, no, it's he's been over and above him, head and shoulders, to be honest with you. To be fair, if you were going to pick a hole in the, the short list and... I don't think it would be Abada. No. Oust someone from it to put Bassi in. Yeah, I, I didn't think it would be Abada with the sort of numbers he's put up in his debut season here. Yeah, no, Abada, he has to stay 13, in there as well. 13, 
Top 10, 14 goals. Yeah, he, he, he's staying in all day long. Colin has to go for somebody else. But no, listen, I agree with what he's saying. Um, I, I do. Bassi should be in there. Bada should be in there also. Um, but like I said, it's one of those things. The professionals have, have voted for it. Unfortunately, he wasn't in there. Um, you know, he'll be concentrating on tomorrow's mm-hmm. game see anyway. The only, th- the only thing with Bassi, just quick, obviously the awards are great, but see mm-hmm. the biggest thing for Bassi, he's, he's actually now one of the Rangers' main guys. Yeah, he's one yeah, of the first names playing, on the show. Yeah. So that's a success for him this season. Of course. The most important thing for him will be Gio picking him. Yeah. I like playing them off against each other because the previous caller... Um, referenced the fact that Callum McGregor won the PFA award and Craig Gordon's won the football writers and he used that as evidence that the football writers don't have a clue what they're on about however Colin now thinks the players don't have a clue what they're on about and you'd be pleased to know Colin the football writers at least nominated uh, James Tavernier in the final four so who knows best out of the writers and the players it depends what team you support by the looks of it Uh, any complaints in here about Craig Gordon winning the writers award? No, I don't think so. I think, we, we, again, we spoke about it last week when he was nominated by the players as well. He's had a great season, Craig, and, you know, for his country as well, he's been, he just seems to get better. We keep saying it, he keeps getting better with age, and I don't think you can have a complaint. It's, it's a great one. Callum McGregor has won the players, Craig has won the, the, the sports writers. It's another great, ignore. I think that's the second or third time it's the third time record breaking for him great for him personally Uh, and before we get all upset about the fact that the football writers haven't picked Calvin Bassey for their young player remember the writers young player has to be Scottish there we go before anyone dives in thank you to Colin and Airdrie who will be the final caller tonight I would imagine which means all that's left to do is come up with the answers to the teaser four more of the last ten players to win PFA player of the year in England RVP Yes, since we're on the subject of uh, the initials, Robin Van Persie, well done. Hazard? Yes. Somebody been Googling this in the last few minutes. <sighs> he was on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> many of many we need to get. Clubs. There's a strange number of them that happen to have a Z in their name. You don't usually see that too often. You've got Hazard and Suarez um, and another one in there. Two clubs, brilliant for them both. Once was a failed trialist at St Mirren. Mares. Mares. Yeah. Oh, I've got Mares written down as well. Perfect. And the other one was a, probably imagine, the... Imagine slipping through St Mirren, isn't it? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> For people of my age, the original wonder kid. Rooney. Yeah, Wayne Rooney just sneaks into that last ten. Well done. Thank you, Marvin. Nice. And Simon for joining me tonight. Now remember, tomorrow night... 11 o'clock Gordon DL and Mark Wilson are on until 11 o'clock it descended into chaos last week hopefully it's a bit more straightforward and hopefully we get a good occasion at Ibrooks. Rangers are 1-0 down they welcome RB Leipzig the atmosphere will be through the roof so join us for all the build up you can give us a call on your way to the game we'll keep you up to speed on what's happening throughout and we are on until 11 so you can pick up the phone and either share your joy or drown your sorrows with us at full time I'm looking forward to that greatly 6 until 11 tomorrow with Mark Wilson and Gordon DL Uh, producer Callum's telling me it's until at least 11 I don't like the sound of that it's 11 o'clock believe me Uh, because I'll be leaving Lindsay Gibson is up next